So I've been talking about your devotional time. I spent, this is actually, I think, number five. This is, I think, a teaching number five on this. So I've talked about, um, you know, just what, how, to, how to get in the Word, how to make it a really exciting time. You got to get your mind engaged as well as your spiritual person. And you got to get your body in a place where, where you can really have a time with the Lord and it not, uh, you know, get in the way by being sleepy or tired or whatever. So we've talked about all those things and we've spent the last couple of weeks talking about developing your personal prayer time. I encourage you to get up in the morning. If you haven't listened to the previous uh, lessons on this, go back. They're all online. The notes are also online. I've actually had these same notes online for the past uh, several weeks now. I think it's third week. I think these these notes on prayer have been on there. And I added some to them always ahead tonight. So we're going to go there. But I want to talk about developing your personal prayer life. You know, uh, I've said all this before. I, I mean, I, I was raised in a Christian home, and, and I prayed the prayers for McGuffey's Reader uh, from, I think, the late 1600s. Now I lay me down to sleep. Y'all prayed that prayer? Anybody ever prayed that prayer? Pray the Lord my soul to keep. And then God is great. God is good, right? And, and then the Lord's Prayer, our Father, which art in heaven. And I prayed that at church. And, uh, but, but to be honest with you, um, my whole life as, as, a, as a child, I came to Jesus when I was eight and you know, and of course, being in church three times a week as a kid, uh, you know, you hear a lot of people praying, but developing my own prayer life was a real challenge for me. And uh, prayer was always an, a, a work and it was a challenge. And, uh, you know, it was something I felt like, I, really, honestly, I think I did it out of guilt because I'm, I'm, I want to I wanna walk, I want to know God, so I need to pray. But nobody really taught me the dynamics of how to. And then uh, September 12th, 1976, when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, that was a Sunday night at 720 <laughs> that night uh, in 1976, uh, my whole world changed. My, my life was revolutionized. And uh, one, one key point, and I want to go into praying in the Spirit tonight, uh, being baptized. Don't you like the rain? Hey, yeah. It brings up stories, but I won't give them tonight. So uh, anyway... Um, I got baptized with the Holy Spirit that night, and, and one fundamental huge change that came to my life when I was 17, not quite 18, was the ability after the baptism with the Holy Spirit to pray in the Spirit or to pray in the unknown tongue or other tongues, all synonymous terms for the same experience. And the Baptist church I attended never taught that, never believed that. In fact, they said it was wrong. You should never do it. But as I read the New Testament, I mean, they were doing it all through the book of Acts. And so if they could do it, why can't we? So uh, it seemed as though we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater in the denomination I was in. Again, I love Baptist people. I just think uh, I just think it's incorrect not to share the truths of God word, God's word and the whole counsel of God on any subject. We ought to preach it all, not just the portions that we think are right, but the whole thing, right? So when I came to Jesus and saw that um, there was a baptism with the Holy Spirit, and then I experienced that experience that evening, and for the first time in my life, I, I spoke in this language I, I'd never had learned. It was the strangest thing to me to hear words coming out of my mouth that I, I did not know and had never learned, and I didn't really know what I was saying, but, but Jesus said, out of your belly, will flow rivers of living water. And that's what it felt like. It, it felt so refreshing for the first time in my life for my inner person, my spirit nature to talk to God and say everything I wanted to say, but I just couldn't put it into words. That was phenomenal to me. And then somebody that night uh, on September 12th, that Sunday night said, now you need to do this every single day. And they, in fact, they told me, said, go home and read 1 Corinthians 14 because it talks about praying in the spirit 
or praying in other tongues, and, and it gives some definition to it and what you should and shouldn't do and all with it. So I went home and read that uh, probably that night and uh, got up the next morning and uh, get up early because I had to be at work at 7 o'clock. So I had, my, I had my grits and my eggs and my bacon and my toast and my orange juice and coffee. And then I said, Mom, I'm going to get the paper because we got the Florence Morning News. And I bolted out the door, and, uh, and, and she thought I was going to get the paper, but I ran up, we lived in the country. I ran across into a field, and I looked both ways. I said, I wonder if I'd still pray in tongues like I did last night. So here, and man, I let it go. I said, it's still with me. Whoa. And uh, so I said all that to say I've been, uh, every day since September 12, 1976, I mean, without fail, I've prayed in the Spirit. I have, I have prayed in other tongues, and I'm not cuckoo, and I'm not crazy. And now some people might think I am, but, you know, I'll take a test to prove I'm, I think I'm as sane as anybody else. But I'm just saying that this experience will transform your life, and it's transformed my life. So I want to talk about your personal prayer life. I have given uh, four, there are five keys to developing your personal prayer time. I have covered four of them, basically, and tonight I'll cover the last one, and I'll uh, talk loud so you can hear me over the rain. And so, but I want to talk about variety in your praying. Uh, the first time we talked about staying alert and awake, how to do that. Uh, secondly, we've talked about relating to God in prayer on the basis of His Word. Uh, and in the end of the notes, there are all the, there's some scriptures in the notes, the very end of the notes, and I've done your homework for you. You can copy-paste that. Paste it into your notes on your phone and read them out loud every day. It'll boost your faith in answered prayer and in the integrity of God's word. So um, I've been doing that a whole lot. And uh, so relate to God on the basis of his word. Thirdly, open your heart to God. People aren't accustomed to really pouring their heart out in a very personal way to anybody. Most people keep who and what they are to themselves because they're afraid of the response of the other person. But our God, he is the most phenomenal being I have ever met. And I've never, I have never uh, felt rejected by him, regardless of what I've had to deal with in my life or what I felt like I needed to say. He has been stern with me like a father would be. But, but you will never find someone that will be honest, loving, caring, and always the same like God is. He is the most amazing person. So if you're challenged in your personality, you're challenged with yourself. Some people don't like themselves because they don't like what they do and how they respond and how they act and what they think and feel. You take all that to him, there is nobody that will love you like he does. How many hear me? I found that out in my prayer life. And I found that out by by, by getting into his word and then letting his word get in me into my prayer life. So open your heart to God. Fourthly, you change he doesn't. He's always the same. That's what's so cool about God. We have a dynamism about us that uh, one day we're great, one day we're lousy. <laughs> one day we're doing good, the next day we might not be. But God's always the same. That's what I like about him. Tonight, I want to talk about including variety in your praying. And I'm going to hone in on praying in the Spirit. Ephesians 6.18, Amplified, it's in the notes. And I encourage you to go to the website and look at the notes. Ephesians 6.18, Amplified, says this, and I love this, pray at all times. So Paul has already mentioned putting on the whole armor of God, talking about the fact that we don't wrestle against human opponents, but against spiritual entities in the, in the spiritual world, uh, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, etc. And we have the armor of God, just like a Roman soldier put on armor to go into battle. We have spiritual armor. Then he says, after we put the armor on, pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season. And that's one thing that praying in the Spirit is so cool about is that you can pray anytime, anywhere, 
You don't have to be demonstrative and loud. Nobody else needs to hear you. You can pray under your breath. And it's a means that you can keep the presence of God in your life at all times and be cognizant as you're going through your day, whether you're working at a desk or you're in sales or you're driving in your vehicle somewhere. You can be cognizant of the presence of God all the time just simply by praying in the Spirit under your breath. And that fulfills what he's saying here, pray at all times. On every occasion, in every season, Amplified New Testament brings out, in the spirit, see, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all God's saints, God's consecrated people. So again, he mentions there, with all manner of prayer and entreaty, there are different kinds of praying And, uh, you know, in your personal prayer life, you want to involve a lot of those different kinds. Some of the different kinds you can't in your personal prayer life, for instance, you don't necessarily involve yourself in your personal prayer life by yourself in united praying because you're the only one there, right? And then, and then maybe the prayer of agreement, you, you, you don't pray the prayer of agreement with yourself. Lord, I agree with me. No, you agree with another person. Jesus said, if two of you agree is touching anything they ask. And so you got to have two. Well, you're just one. So that's not something you pray on your own, but, you, but the prayer of worship and thanksgiving. Um, I usually, in my prayer life, include all of these. I usually start out singing, worshiping. You know, uh, throw the bucket away if you can't carry a tune in and just sing. <laughs> Nobody's going to hear you, but God, he'll say, I think you're sweet. I think it's great. I love, your, I love your tune. Even though you know you're flat or sharp, it doesn't matter. So worship and, and just give thanks and worship the Lord. And, you know, I usually start my day that way, uh, just singing and worshiping him. And, uh, and so there's the prayer of worship. There's the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is the way that you cast your cares on the Lord. The prayer of faith is the way that you, uh, if there's something coming up in life that bothers you, that concerns you, and that can turn into worry, uh, the cure for that is the prayer of faith. So we may talk about some of these things. I've got them. I've taught on prayer a lot here. And I think uh, hopefully there's still my series on prayer I did a few years ago online. I'll do it again. In fact, I plan to write a book on, on prayer and, and, and add that to the uh, different books we'll be writing. But nonetheless, a prayer of faith. There's the prayer of intercession. That's literally where you feel. You know, if, you, if you're ever praying, and um, I'll give you, for instance, on this one, and then i got to move on. Um, oh, this was back in the 80s, and this is one of the first times this happened to me. I had a, a friend who went to one of the Bible schools I attended that just fell away from God. In fact, I met him on the street one day going somewhere with Susan to shop. And this is a good friend of mine. And he actually worked as a janitor at the church where I worked. And uh, uh, when I saw him, uh, it, it shocked, it startled me because the first thing he did was, hey, Mitch, how you doing? And then he blew smoke in my face. Like on purpose, like, how you like that? Uh, well, I don't smoke. I don't like it at all, actually, you know. Uh, but then he, he fell away from God. And he told me about what he was doing. And he got back in the flesh and went back to his old life. And it, it really hurt my heart. And I was grieved. And, you know, I said, well, it's so good to see you. And it's so good to see you. I embraced him and said, I hope to see you again sometime, man. I, I just want you to walk with God because you know, I'm your friend. I'll always be your friend. Well, uh, anyway, that thing grieved me so bad. I was in my place of prayer one morning not too long after that. And he, his, his face came to my mind. And I was praying in the Spirit. And I mentioned the guy's name. And. I said, Lord, I pray for him. I, I want him to come back to you. You know, James 4, um, 5 says, the spirit who took up his abode in us. This is uh, Berkeley translation. The spirit who took up his abode in us yearns jealously over us. Did you know the Holy Spirit's a jealous person? 
Do you know he's jealous over you? I, I just promise you, if anybody tried to hug and kiss my wife and I saw them, they don't want to know me. Because I would be jealous. And I would say, you won't be doing that. She's mine. She's not yours. She's mine. And that's what the Holy Spirit is to you. When you give yourself away to the flesh. When you give yourself self away to the, to the things that the people in our culture esteem as great and they're not. The Holy Spirit's grieved. And so, again, there's a jealous love. So I began to pray for this guy. And uh, I began to cry and grieve and just wail. And, I mean, I was a bucket of tears on the floor. And I thought, what in the world has come over me? But, you know, in the moment, I actually, I actually felt what he felt. I felt away from God. I felt lost. I felt, I felt um, lonely. I felt hurt. I felt shame. I felt emotionally distraught, all of that. And, and that wasn't me. I said, God, what in the world? I was taking my friend's place. And I wet my eyes out. I mean, I just cried for a long time. And even thinking about it, it brings up emotion. It was, I was on the floor, my nose on the carpet. Said, God, what is this? And I said, God, please deliver my friend. And uh, that went on for a few minutes. And then, you know, it lifted and I felt okay. And y'all, my friend called me back one day and he said, Mitch, I, I, I'm glad I met you on the street. I just want you to know I'm walking with God again. Isn't that awesome? If I listen to this, God used that friend. I started a church in South Carolina in 1988. It was really hard financially. I spent all of my savings starting a church. We had uh, three small children. One was a baby. And I mean, we were just believing God to eat. I mean, it was tough. And, um, and that friend called me up one day. That same guy called me up. He sent me a very large offering. He had never given me a dime. But what he sent was exactly what I needed to pay every bill I had. So see, see, ain't God good? So there's the prayer. I didn't mean to get into all that. Then there's the prayer of consecration, where you consecrate yourself. You know, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He stones throw from the disciples. He knelt down. Lord, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering pass from me. Not my will, your will be done. That's the prayer of consecration. All of us regularly need to pray that prayer. It's not a one-time deal. You have to constantly consecrate and reconsecrate yourself, right? So I've got lots of teaching on this online. Uh, and so use all of these kinds of prayer in your personal prayer life. I usually start with worship, like I said, and then, and then move on and, and thanksgiving. And, and then usually in my personal prayer life, let me repeat all these things again. I, I usually uh, remind God of what he said about me. I just take time. Um, in fact, a part of prayer is reminding yourself of what God said about you in front of him. I do that. Lord, I thank you that I'm a new creature today in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. All things are passed away. All things have become new. In fact, go listen to my podcast Monday because I go over all that, who you are in Christ. And I do that every day. So instead of expounding on that tonight, go listen to the podcast because what I do in prayer, I mentioned it there. So anyway, I do that in front of him. I remind him of his promises and thank him for answering prayer. And I've got faith agendas. I've got things I'm believing God for in, my, in ministry and my personal life and things that I've laid before God that my mind could worry about, things I know that are upcoming you know, in my personal life, in our ministry. We've got a lot going on here. And see, those things are always before God. Your faith is always before God, right? Your faith, what you have by faith actually exists. 
in the spirit realm. And, and so see, in my prayer life, I say, Lord, thank you for doing this. Thank you for answering that prayer. Thank you for providing that. Thank you for doing that. Thank you that I'm not worried or concerned about that because you're taking care of it. It's all done. And in my prayer life, often I just remind God of those things. I don't have to pray about them again. I've already prayed about them. That's the prayer of faith, right? And then I pray for authorities. I pray, and then the scripture tells us to do that, First Timothy 2. I pray for the kingdom, to, his kingdom to come like Jesus prayed, Matthew 6. Uh, in the Lord's Prayer, we call it, and, and for his will to be done all over the world. And, and then, uh, you know, I pray for people by name. I pray over my family. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I pray for you every single day. And then people come up, and, and it's fine to make lists, make lists of people to pray. But let me get to this. One thing I do every single day is I take time in my personal prayer life to pray in the Spirit. And, uh, and I want to talk to you. A lot of people I have noticed in talking to people, they get baptized with the Holy Spirit, but they don't pray in the Spirit every day. And that tells me uh, one of, uh, several things. They don't understand it. They don't ascertain the value of it. They don't realize the tremendous change that, that praying in the Spirit can bring to life. If you understood the principles behind it, you would pray in the Spirit every single day and you would make time to do it, I promise. So whatever happened to me by way back 1976, uh, I started reading, reading, reading about the baptism with the Holy Spirit and the ensuing ability to pray in the Spirit. And I just took it to task. I'm going to do that every day. Here's what I found out. And I've, a lot of people have said to me over the years, well, you know, not everybody has the gift of praying in tongues. Uh, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can pray in tongues. If you don't pray in tongues, then, then it's a, an, an issue of yieldedness. That is, you don't know how to do it and you just got to get off before God. Or it's a lack of faith. You don't believe it's really for you. And the antidote for the lack of faith is the word. The antidote for a lack of yieldedness is if there's anything in your life that would hinder, hinder God in you. You don't have to be a perfect person to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. How many hear me? I mean, the whole reason for the Holy Spirit to come in fullness is to clean you up and, and, uh, and to set you free and help you in life, right? And with that comes the ability to pray in the Spirit. Acts, Acts uh, uh, 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 9, if you include... Uh, Saul, whose name later changed to Paul, and then Acts 19. All of those references are references about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And everywhere in the book of Acts that people received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, they prayed in other tongues. Happened in Acts 2, happened in Samaria in Acts 8. It happened in Cornelius' household in Acts 10, who was a Gentile. And the Holy Spirit fell on them, and they all began to pray in the Spirit. Happened in Ephesus in uh, Acts 19, that's 20 years after the day of Pentecost. They got baptized with the Holy Spirit and they spoke with other tongues. And then the Apostle Paul, uh, Ananias, just, a, a, just a, a common believer, laid hands on him that he might receive his sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit there in Acts 9. And he prayed in the Spirit. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, I thank God I pray in tongues more than all of you put together. He must have been doing it a whole lot because then people were crazy about praying in tongues, I'm telling you. So anyway, I took all of that together and said, you know what? I I'm going to pray in the spirit every day. And I had an experience on September, September 13th, 1976, that uh, shocked me and uh, made me mad. And it was uh, a driving force. I said, you know what, devil, I'm going to stick this in your eye every day. Uh, so I was on the way home from work. I worked at a grocery store. I'd been going to uh, college. And um, 
So I, I got off work really late. I usually work till six at night. And uh, I'll never forget, I had a 1976 Mercury Bobcat. It was coral red. And uh, it had, had five in the floor. And so, so I'm turning left out of the parking lot of the grocery store I'm in. And uh, I'm waiting at the light and it turns green. There are people in front of me. They're waiting to turn. I'm waiting on them to yield to the left, make a left turn. And while I'm sitting there, I hear the word. And I'm praying in spirit. And uh, I hear these words. You need to quit doing that. That's just you. I mean, I heard it. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. ain't nobody in the car. What is that? The devil. It, was, it was the enemy speaking to my head. He said, you need to stop doing that. All you're doing is making that up and it's doing no good. I put my, you know, I took, I took my foot off the clutch. I'm in first gear. I put it in second gear. I just got mad, boy. I just gunned it. You know, we're moving down. Say, you wait a minute, devil. Just for that, I'm going to pray in tongues all the way home. And you know what? Just because you said that, every day of my life, this is coming out my mouth. You're a liar. And you're the father of lies. Uh, so anything that comes to you to tell you that it's not effective is a lie. How many hear me? So praying in the Spirit is very effective. Um, trying to save time. So um, you want to do th- two things in your private prayer life. You want to pray in the Spirit, pray in the understanding. You can do it both ways. Sometimes I pray in the Spirit first. Sometimes I pray in English first. It's whatever's on my heart. If I got something burdening me and it's concerning me, it's coming out my mind. I say, God, we got to talk. This right here is bothering me, and I'm going to take this off my shoulders. I'm going to lay it on your lap, and I'm not messing with this anymore. I'm asking you to take care of this, right? So I may have times that I pray in English first, but I'm telling you either way, whether I pray in the Spirit first or pray in English first, I pray in the Spirit every single day during my devotional time. And listen, all the way, it takes me, uh, if I drive right, 15 minutes 12 to 15 minutes to get from my house in Nightdale, come down I-87, 440, and then come down Hammond Road and Rush Street and all that. It takes me about 12, uh, 14, 15 minutes to get here. And I'm praying in tongues usually the whole way. So that's just the way I live. I just pray in the Spirit. I might be even listening to something, but I'm praying in the Spirit. I can listen to music and pray in the Spirit, right? So I'm praying in the Spirit all the time, but I do it in the morning. And my encouragement is let it be a part of your personal prayer life. Let me get... Uh, cut to the chase here and talk about what it does. To do that, I'm going to forsake my notes and read 1 Corinthians 14, 13. Uh, Somebody told me about this right after I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. The guy that led me into this experience name was Steve. And he said, Mitch, always ask the Lord to help you know what you're saying when you need to. And he read 1 Corinthians 14, 13 to me, which says, therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray or ask that he may be gifted to translate or explain what he says. Now, I'm in the Amplified Bible. And so always pray that that when God wants you to, that you can interpret what you're praying. You can't interpret everything you're praying, and you don't need to. And, and that's, a, that's actually a gift of the Spirit, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. That began to work in my life sometime later. But when I'm praying in the Spirit, I don't always know what I'm praying. But sometimes, sometimes two things happen. Even Either somebody's face will come up to my mind, a situation will come up to my mind in my imagination. And I've learned enough now to know that's the Holy Spirit tagging me that I'm praying in the Spirit. But I'm praying about that. I may be praying about a family, an individual, a situation. I could be praying for anything. I mean, our nation, I mean, whatever. 
could be anything. And then other times I, I inside of me, because I'm a wordsmith by nature, I hear words inside when I'm praying in the Spirit. Sometimes words float up, and, and that's how I know, well, I'm praying about that, or I'm praying about that. And when the words float up, I just let them come out in English. I'm praying in the Spirit. Change right over into English, and that's what I'm praying. If you've been in our prayer meetings, I'll be praying in the Spirit and change right over into, into praying in English, because that's, you know, it's that, that God's given me that uh, spiritual gift of uh, the ability to interpret what you say in tongues. Not all the time, but when he will. So pray that in your own life. Lord, when you want me to, help me to know what I'm saying when I pray in the Spirit. Verse 14, 1 Corinthians 14 says, For if I pray in the tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unproductive because it does not understand what my spirit is praying. So that leads me to my next point is that when you're praying in the Spirit, your mind will fight you every step of the way. In fact, somebody would say, your mind will fight your tooth and toe nail. Y'all ever heard that expression? It'll just fight you silly and try to keep you from praying in the Spirit and try to make you feel like you're wasting your time and doing nothing. Nothing could be further from the truth. It's the most effective way to pray. You'll see how in a minute, so let me hurry. Uh, then what am I to do, he says? I will pray with the Spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, and I will pray with my mind using words I understand. I will sing with the Spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, and I will sing with the mind using words I understand. Now here is the... Uh, that's. Uh, amplify. Here's the Amplified Classic, and I think I may like it better if I pray in an unknown tongue. Verse 14, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays, but see, my mind is unproductive, bears no fruit, and helps nobody. So, so uh, one kink you have to overcome is when you're praying in the Spirit, you're, you're, you're spending, it, it is the most effective way to spend your prayer time. Now, when I say that, your mind says, no, it's not. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Let me, and it's the most valuable way to pray. Let me ask you a question. Is there any value in talking to God? If there's value in talking to God, then there's value in praying in tongues in your personal, private prayer life. Listen to, and I'm going to go back to my notes real quickly here, and I've got a few antidotes to share. First uh, Corinthians 14, 2, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. So I'm not talking to another human. Nobody else understands me. Somebody said, well, can the devil understand what you're saying in tongues? No, no, he doesn't know you're not talking to him. That's why a lot of times I'll pray in the spirit because the devil doesn't know what I'm saying. And, and I heard Brother Hagan do this back in Tulsa 40 years ago. He'd be praying in one of our prayer meetings. He'd say, Lord, I'm going to say that to you. And he said it out loud in the prayer meeting. Lord, I'm going to say this to you in other tongues because I don't want others to hear me. And I don't want the enemy to hear me. I said, oh, whoa, that's smart. And so he said, Lord, I need to talk about, and then he said, he could pray in tongues, you know. And so I learned to do that in my private prayer life too. Lord, I need to say, talk to you about this situation, that situation, this issue. I'm going to do it in tongues. And you just pray in the Spirit. So again, he who speaks in the tongue doesn't speak to men, but God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, New King James says he speaks mystery. New Century Version says... He's speaking secret things through the Spirit, the latter part of this. J.B. Phillips' translation says, only in his spirit is he speaking spiritual secrets. Again, uh, secret things, New Century Version, J.B. Phillips' uh, spiritual secrets. Amplified is my favorite. Uh, it says, in the Holy Spirit, he utters secret truths. 
and hidden things, not obvious to the understanding. So um, are, are there things about your future that you don't know? Are, uh, d- does God know everything about your future? Does he know what's happening tomorrow? Does he know what's happening next week? How about next month? How about the next six months? How about the next year? Does God know if you're not married who, you, who you're going to marry? Uh, if you don't have a job, does God know where you're going to get a job? Uh, if you need money, does God know where that money's coming from? Uh, if you're having a challenge, does God have the solution to the challenge? The answer to all that is yes. So every single thing in life that you deal with, the potential is you can pray in other tongues in the Spirit about it, and you're praying just right. I don't want to show you how this works in just a minute, but take this to task. You're uttering secret truths and hidden things. And so when I go to pray uh, in the mornings and throughout the day, I usually remind the Lord, Lord, I'm going to take some time here to pray in the Spirit. And, uh, uh, and when I do, I always say, Lord, I'm praying, speaking secret truths and hidden things to you that my mind doesn't know about. So help me to pray about things I need to pray about. You know what's coming up and I don't. So here I go. And I'll spend some time. Uh, my encouragement, work up to it. You know, if you're not used to doing it any, pray for five minutes. I mean, make yourself. And the whole time your mind will say, you're wasting your time. Go get that piece of chicken out the refrigerator, heat it up in the microwave. <laughs> or put it in the air fryer so it'll be crisp. Or go get, go get that piece of pizza and stick it in the air fryer. Or, you know, there's some ice cream. You got some really great ice cream in there. And uh, go get, get You know what I'm saying? Or you got this thing, you got to go fix that knob over there. It's about to fall off the bathroom uh, uh, door, you know, it's whatever. So you just got to put all that stuff out of your mind and pray. Just pray. And all this stuff comes up because the enemy doesn't want you to pray. Understand, when you start doing this, there is tremendous resistance. And you've got to get past the resistance. And once you get past the resistance, listen, you'll enter into a flow. Now, I just had this happen in Tulsa. Uh, This was uh, circa 1982. 82, 83, probably 82, latter part of 82. So Susan was working and I had a day off and, uh, you know, she was doing her thing. So I'm at home and and, uh, we actually, yeah, it was 82. uh, We had rented a house. And um, anyway, I had a day off, and so I spent some time praying, and, and um, I worked at a grocery store at the time as I went to school and all. And I said, uh, this afternoon, Lord, I'm going to commit a little bit of time to praying in the Spirit. And I got on my knees, and I heard Brother Hagin say this. He said there was one time in 19, uh, uh, back in the early, late 30s or early 40s, he got filled with the Spirit in 37. And he said he was praying the Spirit one time, and the devil said, you're wasting your time. And he said, Mr. Devil, just because you said that, I'm going to pray another hour in other tongues. <laughs> so, so he had spent an hour praying. The devil said, you just wasted an hour. He said, just because you said it, I'm going to pray another hour. And so he prayed another hour. He got through with that hour, and he heard, heard this voice in his head. You just wasted another hour of time. He said, just because you said that, I'm going to pray another hour. So he prayed the third hour. That's what he said. And, and then he said he prayed the third hour in tongues, and he got through with that. And this thing said, well, you just wasted another hour. Look at that. It didn't waste it. Three hours. He said, well, just because you said that, I'm going to pray another hour. And he prayed the fourth hour, and then it happened again. He prayed five hours, and then he said it said it again. So he went into the sixth hour, five hours and 45 minutes later. He said, the presence of God hit him. Now, I heard that, and I was in my early 20s, and I thought, you know, if God's no respect to a person's, I'm after that. And so that one afternoon, I was praying, you know, and, you know, listen, if you've never done that, it ain't easy to do. 
Because everything in the world, and your cat and your dog and your bullfish and, and your, your canary and everything else, and your wife, your kids, will try to keep you out of this. But if you'll pray in the Spirit, y'all, there is a place you get in God that you know there's a spirit realm. And you know there is a Lord Jesus. And you know that spiritual things are very real. You can sense them. You can get into it. You know, Paul, uh, no, Paul John said in, John, in Revelation 1.10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Whoa. So, so how do you get in the spirit? One way is you can pray in the spirit. See, when you pray in the spirit, it's your human spirit talking to God, bypassing your mind. It's spirit to spirit you know, when God first created Adam and Eve, he would come. It seems it was his custom in Genesis 3. He would come in the evening hours and commune with them. How did he talk to them? Well, God's a spiritual being. They were physical. They were spiritual beings in physical bodies. Could it be that they had an internal communication with him? And could it be that other tongues is just a language now that God can use even though we're fallen humanity that's been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, that our spiritual nature can connect with God, perhaps in a way that Adam's nature, spiritual nature, connected with God in the Garden of Eden. That's awesome. Do you hear me? So praying in the Spirit, it's an amazing phenomenon. It's your spirit talking to God without your mind being involved. And the biggest problem with praying in the Spirit is your mind has always uh, been in charge of taking care of you. Did you hear what I just said? So our minds, we have uh, subliminal thoughts. We have conscious thoughts. Uh, with our physical brain, our, our physical brain controls respiration, uh, controls our heartbeat, controls all of our internal organs, our body temperature. Um, the fight and flight syndrome uh, comes in when we we have external stimuli and we just automatic. It's because it's inside of you. It's here, and your your brain, your physical brain, is accustomed to taking care of you and keeping you out of danger and keeping you alive. And so here is one phenomenon that your brain has nothing to do with, and it's praying in tongues. And your brain will fight you tooth and toenail. I'm telling you, you have got to overcome the thoughts. How many hear me? Is it a battle? It's every person's battle. And so once you win that battle. So again, that day off I had, I prayed in the Spirit, y'all. I had never prayed in the Spirit for an hour, and I did. And I heard what Brother Hagin heard. You just waste your time. I said, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do another. I prayed another hour. And I think I prayed one more hour, and y'all, I, I found out what John was talking about. I was in the Spirit. For the first time, I got in the Spirit. And uh, let me tell you, if you just keep it, so I don't know how long it's going to take for you. For me, I did it that one time, and then, and then it's like I could keep, after I did that, I could pray like, if I would pray like an hour and a half or two hours, I could get there. And then I cut it down because I kept doing it. I could pray for like two hours, and then I could get quote-unquote, in the Spirit. That means, that means spiritual things just seem so dynamic, amazing, very real. And then I got to where I could cut it down. I could pray in an hour and get there. And then other times I finally got to where I could do it like 45 minutes, half an hour. Uh, and now, now, y'all, I mean, I hadn't thought about this in a while, but uh, I'm praying I can get right there. <laughs> Woo-wee! And, and you want to get there. If you're having a hard day, uh, you want that place called there to manifest. And how do you get it? Pray in tongues. So you got to pay a price to do that. And that's not an easy thing to do. And there's everything to keep you from it. If you do, 
Life will be different for you. Here's what I found. Once I did that, um, uh, I was praying the plan of God. I'm speaking secret truths, hidden things. Everybody okay? Not obvious to the understanding. Uh, and I want to read this one verse. I've got all these scripture notations in my notes, but I just want to key, key in on 1 Corinthians 2.11. Uh, New King James says, for, who, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Uh, Philip's translation of the New Testament of that verse says this, um, uh, verse 11, for who could really understand, 1 Corinthians 2, 11, who could really understand a man's inmost thoughts except the spirit of man himself? There are things about you because you're a spiritual being made in the image of God that your spirit person knows apart from your head. And so you have a, an intuition, a gut sense, an inner knowing. That's your spirit nature trying to get you to pay attention to something. You ever been around somebody and you just felt like something ain't right about this? Or you started to do something or started to enter into some kind of agreement. with? It's like, don't do that. It was deeper than thought. Thought said this makes sense on paper this seems like i ought to do this but there's something inside of you wrestling saying don't that's your spirit nature talking right and so you, you know in so many veins of life that happens that's our spirit when you're praying in the spirit see those things that only our spirit nature knows because in our spirit nature is the holy spirit see you're he's influencing your praying and he's influencing you and while you're praying in the spirit you could actually be listen praying out the plan of god for your life isn't that amazing so let me since i said that let me read this quickly a few antidotes we go home romans eight twenty six. likewise the spirit helps our weakness what is our weakness for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought or should but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered uh the greek renderings from several people i read after uh which cannot be uttered in articulate speech or in a person's normal vein of speaking so when he says groanings which cannot be uttered he's talking about praying in tongues now what this is not saying is some people say well since i found out the holy spirit's doing but praying for me i don't have to do a whole lot of praying he can't pray unless you do he unctions you to pray he does he's not responsible for your prayer life you are right so, so don't misunderstand what he's saying here. So he says, we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. He makes intercession when you start praying. So when you start praying in tongues, that he, he, he comes alive inside of you and he helps you pray. My Spirit, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 14, Amplified says, my Spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. Now, if the Holy Spirit's helping me pray, question, is that an effective way to pray? Could I be praying about things that my mind has no idea about? Yes. Should we do that? In this time, you better do it. You get it? And then he says, verse 27, he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is um, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then because he says, so you're praying the perfect will of God when you're praying in the spirit. 
So anything that tells you you're wasting your time is a lie. Anything that tell, tells you you're not praying accurately and effectively is a lie because the Scripture says when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying the perfect will of God. What better way to pray about anything than to pray in the Spirit? I could name your name and I do that. I, your, your face may come in front of me. That happens a lot. Say, Lord, I don't know what they need, but you do, so I'm going to pray in the Spirit for them. I know I'm praying the will of God. And then while I'm praying, I may sense something. Maybe not the whole thing. Or sometimes God hides the whole thing from you. just wants you to pray, right? So he says, he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit or will of the Spirit is. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God or are called according to his purpose. Only reason things work together for good is because you're praying in the Spirit. We miscommunicate that verse. I know a lot of people, things don't work together for good for them. And they're believers and they love Jesus, but things are messed up. Things are trashy. Things are bad. Yes or no? And the enemy gets in somehow. Well, if you're a praying person, you can bypass those things many times. If you'll pray in the Spirit and then listen to what he's saying when you do. How many hear me? Y'all are mighty quiet. Did y'all hear me? Let me give you some, I've got 12, I've got 12 examples here real quickly. Praying in the Spirit, and I, I do this every day, um, six months into being married, uh, February of 1980, I'd been married for six months, Susan and I were living at 305 B Grace Drive in Florence, South Carolina, a little duplex. And I had gotten off at six, she got home late, uh, she was a medical technologist for a long time. And so, um, anyway, we both got home. She's cooking dinner, evening meal. I'm in the bedroom refreshing myself. I'm dirty from work. And I'm sitting on the bed. I think I've taken a shower. I've got dressed. And I'm, I'm sitting on the edge of the bed. I'm praying in spirit, i.e. praying in other tongues. And uh, I heard, I'd just been praying, minding my own business. And often because of my job, I would just pray in the spirit. If you've got a job where you don't have to use your mind and it doesn't take a brain surgeon to put a can, a can on a grocery store shelf. How many get that? So while I'm doing that, I'm praying in tongues. And then I got home, I'm taking a shower, I'm praying in tongues. You can sing in the shower, I pray in the shower, you know. And then, I, you know, dried off, shaved, you know, had hair, got my hair all fixed up. And then I put my clothes on, I'm praying in the Spirit the whole time. I'm sitting on the edge of the bed and I hear, I want you to go to Ramah. I said, what? Who said that? Who said that? Now, how did I hear that, praying in the Spirit? See, when you pray in the Spirit, you'll have thoughts that float up from inside. And that thought right there, that one thought transformed my life. Well, uh, Susan's in the kitchen. I went there and said, uh, we sat down and ate and said, um, Susan, I need, I need to tell you something. She said, what? I said, uh, I was just in the bedroom, and I've never heard this before, but I'm, I'm sure, I, I believe it's the Lord, that we need to go to Rama Kenneth Hagin School. And you know what Susan said? See, 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 husbands and wives, you have the same Father God. The same Holy Spirit, he'll speak to both of you the same. She said, well, Mitch, I've been thinking about that. I said, you're kidding. She said, no. And, and we went to Ramah the next fall. Isn't that cool? How'd I get that? Praying in the Spirit. <laughs> 1984, my car is careening down a, a, a black 
top, iced top road. Uh, it was zero outside. It, no, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. It was zero for several days. Then it warmed up to all of 27 degrees. And my car is careening out of control, going down a hill, uh, going down to uh, one side was a light pole. The other side was a, a later found out a 20-foot drop-off. I couldn't control it. It's out of control on black ice. And I'm careening down, and I can't control this vehicle. And all I could say was, in the name of Jesus, because I, I, I'm going off. I'm, I'm either going to hit a light pole or I'm careening off down this ravine. And just before my car uh, went off, the, off the, into the ravine, six inches before my, my tire went off the edge and dropped 20 feet backwards, it stopped. I hit the clutch, put this emergency brake on, got out, and made a human error and fell 20 feet. And broke my wrist. I called my mother. She said, Mitch, I have been able to do nothing but pray in the spirit. That is in other tongues for you. And I've been praying for you for three days. The only thing I could say in English when I was praying for you. And she said, Mitch, I was hollering it out. I said, what would you say? Uh, she said, all I could holler out was, in the name of Jesus. I said, well, mama, that's what I said when I was going down the hill. So see, God answered her prayer praying in the spirit. And because I was praying in spirit, you see, it saved my life. I could have died there. Did you know that? And they wouldn't have found, they'd have found my skeleton sometime later because nobody would have knew I was down there 20 feet down. Anyway, uh, 1984, January 1984, I'm pray, minding my own business, praying in the spirit like I do every day. Just take some time to pray in tongues. And I'm minding my own business. And so I'm working at Grace Church in Tulsa, and it's a big church and lots of people. We have 54 staff members. And the associate pastor was George Moss, who came here years ago. Uh, and a wonderful man. He was a, a colonel in the, in the army, I think. And, uh, which is a wonderful guy, retired and all that. Um, but just a wonderful, winsome guy. And I got to work one day and I've been praying in the spirit. I looked at him and y'all, I heard you're going to have his job. I said, Oh Jesus, something is the matter with me. I'm just a janitor. But every time I'd look at him, I, I heard, you're going to have his job. I said, ooh. I'd pray in the spirit, and I'd go to work. And every day when I saw him, you're going to have his job. And I finally said, Susan, I, I need you to pray for me because something's wrong with me. She said, what's wrong, Mitch? I said, I think I'm just full of pride because when I see George Moss, I hear I'm going to have his job. Something's wrong with me. Please pray for me. I was real serious. And then I had a good friend. We were going to work out. I jogged five miles, you know, so we went to the place I jogged. And I said, you know, I hadn't told anybody but Susan, but and he worked, he worked at the church I worked at. And uh, I said, I got to tell you, um, something's wrong with me. Would you pray for me? He said, what is? I said, every time I see George, I hear, he knew George. I hear you're going to have his job. I said, please pray for me. Something's wrong with me. Y'all, y'all listen. This happened in January 1984. I, I went on, I, I, in June of 1984, I, I'm in my janitor uniform. I got a, a light blue shirt, dark blue pants, and they got my name right here, Mitch Horton, you know, janitor. And uh, the, the, the senior pastor of the church came up to me and said, I want you to go out and eat with me. I said, me? Me? So he and his, he's in his silk suit with nice shoes, his nice silk tie. I'm in my janitor uniform. He takes me to steak and ale. And he says, what you want to do with your life? I said, I mean, I, you know, he was uh, quite intimidated. I said, intimidating. I said, um, I just, 
I just love Jesus and love people, and I just love to pe- minister to people, whether it's one-on-one or in a small crowd or whatever. It doesn't matter. I just, I like that. He said, okay. And that's all he said. And I was like, why did he say that, Jesus? Am I, gonna I thought he was going to fire me or something, but he asked me this question. The next month, I'm on, serious, I, the next month, I'm on a vacation, two-week vacation. Susan's pregnant with, with our first child, Jonathan, and, 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 and Friday night is the last night of our vacation. We drive back to Tulsa from South Carolina, 1,200 miles the next day. And uh, that night at 5 o'clock, we're going to eat South Carolina barbecue, which is wonderful. And uh, so, uh, so the family was getting ready, and we're at Susan's parents' house. And uh, it's five minutes till 5 because I looked at the clock. And the phone rang. Susan answered her mother's phone, and she said, Benton Residence. When she said Benton Residence, uh, the next thing she said, Robin. Robin is the pastor's secretary. Robin Johnstone. And she said, Robin, what you calling here for? And, and on the other end, Robin was saying, well, Pastor, pastor Bob, Bob Yander, wants to talk to Mitch. And I thought, oh, my God, he's telling me I've lost my job. What did I do wrong? You know, you usually think the worst, right? He got me on the phone. And he said, Mitch, listen to what he said. Now, now remember, January, this is July, January 1984. I kept seeing George Moss, and I'm going to have his job. And you know what he said to me? He said, he said, Mitch, George Moss just resigned his job. And he had two jobs. He was associate pastor of the church and, or, and he was also personal minister director. We call him a counselor today. He said, I want you to take his counselor part of his job. I, I said, you're kidding me. He, he said, no. Okay. He said, I'll talk to you when we get back. I, I didn't even remember the 1,200-mile trip home. Because all I can think about is what I heard inside. You'll have his job. You'll have his job. See, when you have those kinds of experiences in life, you know there is a God. You know the Holy Spirit is a real person. Um, you, you know that praying in the Spirit obviously does something for you. You know you're praying about secret truths and hidden things, not obvious to the understanding. How many hear me? Uh, November of uh, 1993, many of you have heard these things. Uh, second Tuesday of November 1993. This is an odd thing. I was born on a Tuesday. October 7th, 1958 was a Tuesday. Many times in my life, God has sp- spoken to me on a Tuesday. I was born at about 8.17 a.m. And often, God speaks to me in the morning. I mean, maybe zero to that, but it's odd to me. So here's, here's a Tuesday morning, uh, November Second Tuesday of November, 1993, and I've been praying in the Spirit, nah, 45 minutes to an hour, and um, and then I'm just sitting back because, you know, I need a drink of water. I've been praying, and I'm sitting there, and I heard that I was pastoring a church for a pastor, and I've got to stop. I've got all these anecdotes I could tell you. It's incredible. I was just minding my own business, and I was pastoring a church for a pastor. The senior pastor of the church had moved his whole family to Latvia because the Baltic states had opened up after the Soviet Union kind of broke apart and communism fell. And he started a church there, and he got a 1,000 people saved and installed a, 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 a pastor from that area. And uh, he stayed there for a whole year and was coming back. He was only going to be there for a year as a missionary endeavor. We paid his salary, and I, I, I blessed and ministered to his people for a whole year and gave his church back to him 
when he came back. And so I'm thinking, God, am I, see, God knows what you're thinking. You may be sitting thinking, and you're not, who, who am I going to marry, God? Or what's my vocation, God? Or what am I supposed to do with my life, God? Or should I buy this house, God? Or do I need to do this, God? Or what about this? So he knows what you're thinking. So what I've been thinking is, okay, Carl Morris, the pastor's coming back. He's coming back in January of 94. This is November of 93. What am I, what am I going to do? What's, what's what I'm supposed to be about? And so that was in the background of my mind. So I'm praying in the Spirit. And I'm praying in the Spirit every day. And uh, so here I am, the second Tuesday of November, 1993. I finished praying. I'm sitting there. And there's the backdrop of my thoughts. And I heard three words. Already? Come up from inside. See, you can tell when something comes from inside. Intuition, right? I heard three already existing church. Huh? I'd never heard that in my life. So, Already existing church. So see, God speaks in a language only you know and can interpret. I, I had already, I had, uh, I, I had been on staff at a church. And I had worked for a church. And I had started a church, but I had never taken over an already existing church, right? So see, God showed me that Tuesday of November, 1993, what I would be doing the rest of my life. How did I get that? Praying in the Spirit. So that already existing church, months, so November, December, January, February, March, that was inside of me all of that time. See, when God speaks, it never leaves you. It's always in the backdrop, always in the background. It is not emotion. you feeling good, you're feeling bad. You sense Him, right? And so January, February, March, April, all these months go by, and here's what that already existing church turned into. Somewhere in the world, he wouldn't tell me where, somewhere in the world there's a church that has no pastor, and you're going to be the pastor. I said, okay, how are we going to work that out? So it got to May 16th, 1994, and I'll just end with this because i got so much more. Uh, Y'all okay? So you want me to quit now? You want to hear it? <laughs> so May 16th, 1994, uh, I think it was a, it was a Monday. And uh, so the pastor had come back and I'm his associate. We actually, uh, anyway, we, we were doing a lot. I had a Bible school that started all that. Uh, so, so we're sitting there and uh, he comes in my office about nine o'clock in the morning. And he said, here's what he said. Look, um, uh, and I said, well, Carl, I need to say something to you. He said, what is? I said, well, I was praying months ago. And, and the Lord seemed to, I believe, I, I never say God spoke. If I tell you God spoke, you can't refute that. And you can't challenge that. I say, I believe I heard the Lord say. That way you could say, did you really hear the Lord? I say, well, I believe I did. See, I'm open for correction. But if you say, well, God said, who can refute that? So I said, I believe the Lord spoke to me. And here's what I said. I said, I believe the Lord spoke to me back in November and told me I'm going to be pastor in a church. And so here's what I said. Somewhere in the world, there's a church that has no pastor and I'm the guy. Now, y'all, that was May 16th, 1994, nine o'clock in the morning. That evening, May 16th, 1994, is the very day that this church under another name lost its pastor. I didn't know that. I didn't know that till five months later when they hired me as pastor here. I got that from God. So Pastor Carl, the guy, so here's May 16th. June comes around. 
I'm part of an organization called Evangel Fellowship International. Houston Miles was the founder of that organization in 1985, a wonderful man in Spartanburg, South Carolina. He calls Carl Morris, and he just got this southern twang about it. He said, hey, Carl, look, Mitch Horton's been your associate pastor. He passed your church for you last year. He said, uh-huh. He said, well, you're back. And uh, now, look here, Mitch is your associate pastor. And uh, look, um, you have any idea what Mitch wants to do with his life? And Carl said, well, it's funny you even say that because just a few weeks ago, and it was May 16th, just a few weeks ago, Mitch had a conversation with me in his office and said, somewhere in the world, there's a church that needs a pastor and I'm the guy. And Houston Miles said, well, it's funny you say that, Carl, because um, there's a church in Raleigh that has no pastor and they're looking and y'all, I came here three times, August, September, and then I was voted in as pastor, October 2nd, 1994. Now, you know, listen, when you have these kinds of experiences with God, and so when I was voted in, I had already heard already existing church. When this thing came down the pike, was it a surprise to me? No. I was like, wow, that's like really amazing. Now, I've got 12 stories like that, I could tell you, but I don't have time. But I'm telling you, God will guide you. Not might not be in ministry like me. You know, you may you may be a a, a woman who's going to be a homemaker who's going to raise some awesome children. But God will know what you need to do with those kids if you'll pray in the Spirit. Maybe you've got some ch- uh, children that are challenged. Maybe you have grown. Now I'm speaking by the Spirit of God here. There's somebody here and you're so upset about your child. You love her so much. And you don't have an answer yet. She's not doing well. If you'll take it to task and pray in the spirit for her, God will do amazing things and bring her to the brink of change, but she has to make the choice. Does that make sense? I don't know who that's for. It's for somebody. There's another person here. You're frustrated on your job. You take that frustration to Jesus and you pray in the spirit. You're frustrated with your spouse. You're aggravated about this. Pray in the spirit. It's not quick and it's not easy, but you'll get an answer from heaven. Did you hear what I'm saying? Y'all, I, I, if we could stay here another hour, I could give you all kinds of stuff, but i got to let you go, and I'm, I'm late. But I don't even feel bad about being late. <laughs> so close your eyes and lift your hands. Come on. <laughs> Lord, I pray for every person here. If there's a person here not baptizing the Holy Ghost, help them. Help them to want it so much because they're so very much available in you. And Lord, I pray for every person in the room baptized with the Holy Spirit. Help them to exercise this gift of praying in other tongues. It's wonderful. Help us to develop this in our personal prayer life. Help us to develop it. We may start out with a minute or two or five or ten. Let it grow. Let it flow. And help us to get in the Spirit like John was on the Lord's day. Hallelujah. Now, here's what we're going to do. If you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit, you can be. You're watching online. You think that you think I'm cuckoo. I'm not cuckoo. No, Jesus turned me my life around. He'll change your life too. 
If you'll come to Jesus and if he'll forgive and cleanse your sin, you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take just a couple of minutes here, and we're going to pray. And if you're in the room and you haven't been baptized by the Holy Spirit, you can be right in the seat where you are. I feel the presence of God. You don't always feel it. He's in the room. <laughs> so I want everybody to lift your, close your eyes, lift your heads up. If you're not baptized by the Holy Spirit, you can get it right now. So if you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, I want you to help me. I want you, everybody to pray out loud whether you need this or not. If you need the baptism with the Holy Spirit, you're born again. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost tonight and leave here praying in other tongues. Right now, right where you're seated. In fact, stand up on your feet. Don't go anywhere. Just stand up. But please do not leave because we're going right now after we pray. And if you're watching online and you haven't received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, you can get it right now. So everybody close your eyes. You're watching from home. Close your eyes, raise your hands. Pray with us. In the room, pray with me out loud. If you need this experience, you can have it right now. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Ask God to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The very last sentence of the prayer is, and I believe I'll speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gives me desire in Jesus' name. I'm going to start praying in the Spirit. Now, I want you to throw caution to the wind and just start open your mouth and start speaking. You don't know what's coming out. God will give you the language. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Pray with me out loud. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus, my Savior. Thank you for cleansing me from sin. I believe that Jesus Christ is the virgin-born Son of God, that he died on the cross to redeem me and deliver me from sin. Jesus, thank you for saving me from myself and from my past and cleansing all of my wrong. Thank you that I'm in fellowship with you. And Jesus, right now I ask you, baptize me with the Holy Spirit from the top of my head to the bottoms of my feet. Fill me with the Holy Spirit right now. And I believe that I will speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gives me desire in Jesus' name. Start speaking out. Come on, speak it out. You've never done that. Let it flow. Let it go. Let the river flow. More bagato rabagala valando robohishpogra. Leva la daia brosa na makaya malenoambas. Erabagaya brosa la valando robokoya mamayana. Come on, speak it out. Bagala valenda. Be bold. Be bold. Babagare yatsura valiando robosapaya. Arabakaya. That first step seems challenging. Go ahead and take the plunge and open your mouth. More bagaya brusiliando homacrendo, alavalando rabakaya malalio sunora makaya, rabogaya malavalanda rabahaya maya, orabagaya malavalando obosakaya mamaya nekoasus. Halalalaya taya masontaya taya, arabagata ramakaya maya 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 maya. 
Now, here's what I was saying. See, God gave me an interpretation because some people wonder what I'm doing there. Here's what I said. I said in the coming darkness, I will be your light. In the coming challenge, I will be your aid. In the coming tough place, I will be your source of refuge. I will be what you need and I'll make a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Your needs will always be met. You'll always be provided for. I will make a way where there is no way for you. And then you'll call others to come with you. And then you'll come up to be with me. <laughs> Woo-wee. Isn't that good? So I just want to encourage you. Pray in the Spirit every day. Take some time. If you haven't developed that, you know, when I started, it was like one syllable, two syllables, three syllables. Just like a baby saying mama, dada, goo goo, gaga, whatever. I had these colors and I said, listen, what am I doing, God? We, that language develops. And I've been doing this since 1976, so it's a full orb language now. And it may not be for you. Don't, don't feel badly about that. Just start where you are. Take some time every day praying the Spirit. I'm telling you, secret truths and hidden things is what you're praying about. It's amazing. <laughs>